Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. This week's episode is brought to you by the all-new Alabama Fishing Show is coming to Gaston, Alabama at the venue at Coosa Landing on George Wallace Drive, March the 10th through the 12th. The only true fishing show in Alabama, featuring all things fresh and salt water. If you fish, don't miss the latest fishing gear, equipment, apparel, custom tackle, lures, rods and reels, and electronics, and guides. March the 10th through the 12th. $10 for adults, $8 for kids, 5 and under are free. Tickets are available online or at the door. Free parking. Learn more at alabamafishingshow.com. We hope to see you there. And brought to you by texashunter.com. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has produced the best engineered and finest quality feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. The Texas Hunter brand has become synonymous with quality and durability. By sticking to premier standards, the company delivers tough, long-lasting products that meet the real-life needs of anglers and hunters across America. Their fish feeders, deer feeders, hunting blinds, and outdoor accessories are among the highest rated in the industry. You can trust that your purchase from Texas Hunter Products will meet your needs for generations to come. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brian Sin. Hope you guys are having a great week. A lot of rain around Alabama, a lot of rain, a lot of sunshine. Got a little cooler again, and, uh, man, I can't wait to see how it is affecting our fishing around the state of Alabama. Let's get to it first segment. Let's go down to you, follow with one of my favorite guys, Mr. Clayton Bass. What's going on, Clayton? Oh, not much. Done hunting and it's fishing time. Man, I know me and you can sit on the phone and talk about hunting all day, but it's, we get fussed at because this is a fish. We might have to start a hunting podcast so we can talk more about hunting because that's, that's where a big part of my passion is. And I know, I know you do a lot of it as well and killed a pretty good deer this year, didn't you? Yeah, I had one pretty good one. It scored right at 140. It was just a real unique uh, double crab claw deer. It was one I watched last year, and it was a three and a half uh, last year. You know, I let it walk, and it made the four and a half this year, and he kind of exploded a little bit. And I might have should have let him go another year, but how unique, uh, unique his rack was, it was it was hard to let him walk. Well, he's as old as he's ever going to get right now, sitting on your wall. <laughs> he's going to look good on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. Well, hey, look, I know that if anybody knows how to catch fish down there and you follow – you are the guy. So, man, what's it? What's what's going on down there right now with the fish? Mud. That's what I was going to say. More mud. Yeah. yeah. There's a little well, bit of clear water on that south end, but I look for it to probably disappear here soon because we got more rain coming. Yeah. It just we need some stable weather up here. To be honest with you. I mean, it'll be warm a couple of days, and then it'll be 30 degrees, and then the mud's coming in. There's just nothing real stable right now. The fish are biting a little bit when you hit those warmer days because some of the mud on that south end of the lake, it's a little bit more stable than the north end. Um, so you are able to go catch some down there, but it's it's a real tight area where you got to fish at right now unless you want to fish where it's totally blown out. And those fish up north, I mean, when you get this fresh influx of mud, and this is like the really the first major one we've had this year, they go into that not biting stage. I think it's because a bunch of them get all that silt on their gills and they're just not happy and they just don't want to bite. Now, when we get some more and it kind of starts stabilizing a little better, now that bite up north, it'll get a little bit better. 
And so you'll they kind of open up the whole lake rather than just fishing down south. But right now, the south end pretty much is where you need to be. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of the things I was going to ask you, and, and, and I kind of had already anticipated we was going to talk about some dirty water this week, no matter where we're, we're, we're talking, whatever lake we're, we're talking about. But how do you change your tactics when you know that, I mean, when you got these kind of conditions where it's mud, so muddy like this? Well, you know where I like to fish, but uh, you go straight to the bank. <laughs> that offshore bike, when it gets muddy like this, I try to explain it to clients. There might be some fish out there in the timber and out there on the ledges a little bit, but it's kind of like me taking you to Golden Corral and turning the lights off and trying to catch a chicken wing flying around in front of you. It makes it a little bit difficult when you can't see it. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the conditions right now in Uvala. Um, so most of those fish, uh, the better biting fish and a bunch of the ones that are offshore, they will leave and go shallow where they can kind of use all of their senses to feed. Man, that makes total sense. That's a, you painted a pretty good picture about the Golden Corral there. Yeah, but that makes total sense because, you know, if you're in, if you're fishing 20 foot of water, it's already dark. It's pretty daggum dark down there already. And uh, then you add the mud to it and it's just, you know, you, you they can't, they can't see anymore uh, unless it's right in front of their right. face. Uh, so they may be hungry. They may be there, but they, they, you might, it may be very difficult to catch where if you come up to that shallower water, you know, they can still see a little bit better. And, and then, you know, when it's muddy like this, do you find that, I mean, does, is top water or, you know, or do you want to fish something that makes some racket, that kind of thing? For me on the top water deal, and I love throwing uh, top water. I'm, I made a bunch of money throwing top water. It's probably my favorite thing to do with probably a bunch of people. To me, when you get to the winter top water bite, I like it anywhere from 53 to 55 degrees. But water temperature, but I like a warming trend. Say if it's 53 or 55 and like the next week it's going to be cold and the water temperature is going down, I don't tend to do as good. But if it's 53 to 55 and you got a warming trend where that water might climb a couple, three or four degrees throughout the day, then that top water buzz bait, plopper, vixen bite, that will kick in. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember, and, and, and the reason I was bringing up the top water, man, I, I was fishing about a uh... – 60 70 acre lake in the uh private lake in the middle of nowhere mississippi man 15 20 years ago and this lake was just i mean nobody hardly fished it beautiful beautiful lake and man i could go in there and just i mean catch 30 40 50 60 bass you know on a on a good day but Oh, we went in, uh, and it had been, a, it was, it was in February, just like now we'd had a ton of rain, just like now. And the thing was muddy out of its banks, terrible looking and fishing the way that I had been fishing, weren't doing anything Clayton at all, man. I wouldn't, we wouldn't get any bites. And I, I reached in and picked up a buzz bait and the first cast, I caught a 14, three. 14 pound three ounce bass and thought i had the dang state record we loaded up and took it and had it weighed in and all official and all that kind of stuff but uh when i caught it i was like my god man this thing this thing may be 16 pounds so but you know i always think about that this time of year when nothing else we threw got any kind of bites but when we put something that made some racket uh on top water got the best fish in my life a bunch of those shallow fish this time of year, they don't, when they go shallow, they won't sit on the bottom. 
if you're in three feet of water, they might be a foot and a half below the surface suspended where that sun can hit them and warm them up. Mm. So if you're bringing, like, if you're in four feet, and I'm just saying, just using a plug, for example, uh, a DT6, you're up under the fish, and the bass like to feed up. So when they're suspended a foot and a half, foot up under the water warming up, that buzz bait, you can't really tell me they're not going to come up a foot to eat a buzz bait. Right. That's a great point right there, too. And, you know, I've, I always thought of it as they were coming up in that, in that muddy water just so they could see, but yeah, this time of year in February, when it's cool, I mean, that muddy water is going to warm quicker at the surface, obviously too. And, uh, so they're coming up there for two reasons. One is they can see a little bit better and, and two is they can, uh, warm up. So kind of best of both worlds right there, but I know you an offshore guy, so I don't, I know you don't like none of it. <laughs> no, I can love catching my buzz back now. There's the, I like catching them any way I can see them, and I know buzz ain't really deal, but if I can see them on those graphs or if I can sight fish, I'm all in. Heck yeah, absolutely, man. I know. Well, that's good stuff, man. So look, if you were going to give somebody a, a tip of the day to come down to you follow this week weekend, uh, what would your tip be, brother? Well, but this is totally against my religion, but I'd say stay on the bank, and I'd keep moving. This time of year, I'm not trying to talk one into biting. I'm fishing for the ones that are up there wanting to eat. I'm covering a lot of water, uh, swimming a jig, throw a buzz bait, but that swim jig's my favorite by far. So just put the trolling motor down and go. And, and just, just go. Fish where, just fish like if you see an area or they're, I mean, they're headed to the bank right now. Just because of the mud, and it's getting that time of year where they're thinking they are thinking about the spawn. Sure. They will spawn a little earlier, and so you got females that are moving up, getting ready to lay eggs and spawn. So if you see where they're going to be, kind of back out and fish the areas you know that they're moving in to spawn back there. How fast do you fish a swim bait? I mean, not a swim bait. I'm sorry, a swim jig. Fast. Like compared to a spinner bait. Well, I do a different cadence. I'm a bouncer. I'm not just a straight reeler. I like it where even in that muddy water where I try to tell clients it's about, it's where you can see it and then you can't see it. It's where you can see it and can't see it. That's the cadence. And you will nice. have times where if it's a little bit deeper, you'll slow down just a hair. But I fish it fairly fast because, I, I mean, I'm wanting to catch the ones that are up there to feed, and I figure if I could cover eight miles of the shoreline instead of two, I, my odds go up drastically. So what is the advantage or, or, or maybe not an advantage, maybe it's different times, different ones are better, but why would you choose a swim jig instead of, let's say a chatterbait? Cause you're fishing kind of the same water column, right? Correct. I could throw, I throw that swim jig is right now on you fall, a bunch of the water willow is dead and a chatterbait and a spinnerbait. They just do not want to come through that dead mm. gator grass hardly at all. I mean, you're getting hung up constantly. That swim jig, it just comes through it better, so I'm more efficient covering water. Nice. Hey, great explanation. Good stuff. As long as we've been doing this, I'm not real big into change during the middle of the year. Um, and we've talked a bunch about offshore fishing throughout the years. And I had a guy call me last year from North Florida, Sonar, and he was like, Man, let me put one of these wiring harnesses on your boat. And I told him, I said, JJ, I said, look, I'm in the middle of the year. I don't like anything touching my grass. They're dialed in. I'm just not big on change. Well, this year, I talked to him. He was like, and I took my boat down there and North Florida sonar, and they put one of the, their wiring harnesses in that boat. And as much as I stare at those grass, I turned them on. And in the first 10 feet of idling, 
I noticed a difference. So I know if I notice a difference that, I mean, it's a big deal. So if anybody listening out there going to you fall soon, it's going to be brush pile time. It's going to be ledge time. It's going to be where you need to find those schools on the flats. I would highly, highly recommend calling them down there and he'll send you a wiring harness. He'll put it in. He'll do anything in your boat, but it's legit. Like it's the real deal. And there's, there's no way around it. It clears up that screen, clears up the clutter. You got straight power going to it. I'm a big electronics guy. And this is probably these graphs I'm running right now are the cleanest looking graphs I've had in a very long time. And probably the cleanest I've ever had. For those that might not know exactly what you're talking about with a wire harness, just real briefly, just what is a wiring harness? The wiring harness he makes, it's a, I mean, I got four graphs on there and active target. So he's got a five dedicated run. And all it does is the wiring harness goes straight from my battery to my graphs. There's nothing in between it to cause any kind of interference or anything. It's just clean power going to those graphs. And a bunch of times, like those graphs, if you're running through your master breaker or anything else, it's not real. It's getting enough power to run, but it's not getting enough power to make that screen pop and look really clear. And so what that wiring harness does is when it gives you that clean power and you got enough volts going to those units, they're running at their best uh, capability. The image is a whole lot cleaner, crisper. It makes it easier. I mean, I have a bunch of people that have trouble seeing them on side imaging. It makes those fish and the shadows just pop because it's got enough current going to it. Nice. It, that the, makes difference sense. Is the, the difference is amazing. Like It's truly, everybody asks about the units and stuff. I get a bunch of questions about them on Facebook and your seminars. If I could wreck, and I have, I've seen posts on Facebook about people, they'll put in another battery back there for their units. I recommend two things for people. If you're running, you know, your three graphs, three to four graphs, uh, even it helps with two, but especially when you get on up above that with the three or four, that wiring harness and the power pole charge. The power pole charge takes away the whole thing for another battery, something else to charge. And those are the two most important things to me that hardly anybody talks about. Man, that's good stuff. Yeah, we talk about electronics all the time, right? And I mean, with with you, we talk about it every time we have a show. And 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 you know, that's part of what you do is not just guide fishing and and rely on your electronics, but you also teach people uh, how to get the best usage out of their electronics, which I think is, is something that is absolutely so needed right now for sure. Because, but when we don't hear a lot about the wiring harnesses, and 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 I, I know. You know, I've talked to a few people about them, but that's good, man. North Florida Sonar. What's their website? You can look them up on Facebook, North Florida Sonar. And if you send them a message on Facebook, uh, JJ, he'll answer right back. And they're extremely knowledgeable about every kind of unit. I'm a low rent guy, but being in the business that they're in, they're all up. JJ, CJ, all of them, they're extremely knowledgeable about Garmin, Hummingbird, low rent. They'll do anything for you. And they're, I mean, they're really good people and they're extremely knowledgeable. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that information. So guys reach out to them, look them up on Facebook. You have a question, but also if you just want to learn more about electronics and how to get the best out of them and, uh, man, reach out to Clayton 
he he is knows his stuff inside and out and he can uh he can put you on fish and teach you teach you how to use your electronics better for sure so clayton what's the best way for folks to reach out to you brother uh you can find me on facebook lake you follow fishing guide clayton bats or either just look me on my website lake you follow fishing com, or just give me a call that's the, probably the easiest way send me a text message 334-310-8338 and if you can't get him call me and i'll get you in touch with him <laughs> well, i got his number <laughs> all right clayton man always appreciate it brother and i uh, look forward to talking to you again soon stay safe out there you too sir all right guys let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors this segment was brought to you by outdooralabama.com that's where i learned the basics of how to hunt and fish including what's in season and which license to buy learn more at outdooralabama.com go hunt go fish get outdoors this message was brought to you by the alabama department of conservation and natural resources and brought to you by Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system of Available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. Also brought to you by Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. All right, guys, great first segment. Always love having Clayton on here, and uh, man, he is—he does. Uh, he's a man down there in follow when it comes to bass fishing, that's for sure. And and man, he knows those electronics as well. So reach out, give Clayton a call. But let's move up up to state. Let's talk about some crappie, man. We're going, let's, talk, let's go to, where are we going? Weiss Lake, Lee. We've got Lee Pitts on here today. Love having Lee on. What you been doing, brother? Man, I tell you what, uh, been trying to do a little bit of deer hunting, still fishing, but the last week or so, we've had some weather issues that's kind of kept me in the woods more than it has on the water. Man, that ain't no doubt. I, I, you know, in our segment, uh, first segment today with Clayton, and then you follow, he's like, man, it's just, it, it ain't easy to fish mud. No, uh-uh. No, no, no. And, and what we've had up here, you can track a rabbit across. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> we've had some staying up there. Yes, and more coming. Yeah, that's that's what I'm afraid of. It's uh, I, I'm kind of getting some things done here at the house today. I'm sitting here looking at the lake, and it doesn't look that bad, but my wife told me I've had my, my bow targets out in the yard ever since, I guess, about July when I started shooting. And I thought it added to the, you know, added to the property sure, a little right, bit. But right. she, she, yeah, you know, I mean, people drive up and down the lake and I'm proud. They're looking over here at all my targets. 
I, you know, uh, but yeah. I think they're just thinking it. She said, it looks like garbage bags laying out there. I don't understand so, that. I don't I, either. I, I just, I don't get it. It's a different deal, man. Different deal. She left me instructions that the Saturday when she gets home, that they need to be up somewhere. So oh that's what goodness. I do. Good for yeah. you. Good for you, man. I, I'm, it's, I think it's, you know, I'm really glad I was able to get you and you're able to jump on today because, you know, I think it's be real interesting. We kind of heard in the first segment, how the muddy water affects the bass and, and how you, you know, some different tactics to kind of change up, but, you know, taking that to crappie, I mean, how do you change your approach in a, in a time like this, when you got, when the water gets so muddy? Well, you know, some of the things that we try to do, and and don't get me wrong, you know, Weiss and Neely Henry, we're fairly stained water anyway. You know, we got some color in our water. We're not like the Smith Lake or something like that where it's super, super clear. So these fish are used to a little bit of stain in different parts. But, uh, the, you know, it's it's like people say, hey, only thing worse than muddy water is cold, muddy water, and, and that's what we got right now. So... You know, that water temperature, it finally bounced up a little bit to uh, about 52, 53 uh, up here and with that stain too. But our biggest issue is the current. We we pull water here on our, our Coosa ch- uh, Trail uh, and chain of lakes. We, we, we generate power out of these lakes. And so with this high water coming in, they're moving it. And if they're pulling one turbine, it's not too bad. You can still fish some of these eddy spots and still get out there and catch fish. But when they get two turbines going, I mean, that's, that's a lot of water moving. And a lot of our fish right now are still out on the main river. You know, they're out on the main lake and in these, these creek channels and river channels. And you get that current rolling through there. These fish are just tucking in behind something and just trying to wait for better days. And so, uh, it's, it's hard to get a bait down there to them. I've been sitting out there with, especially with my Bobby Garland products, you know, I'm doing like a drop shot. I'm taking these jigs and, you know, your baby shad, your slab slayer, something that doesn't need a whole lot of action to it. And I'm using a, a three quarter or a half ounce weight with six pound tests to drop it down there. Wow. Just not to have as much resistance. You know, I, I want to keep it right there close to the bottom and in these brush piles, because if you don't, you're going to stay hung all day long. Yeah, I didn't even think about that part of it when it comes to crappie fishing. You know, it's not a big issue with bass fishing sometimes because you, you're throwing a heavier lure and uh, steady retrieving it a lot. But with with a little jig, man, you throw a, you throw a regular eighth or quarter ounce some jig out there that you would normally fish with, man, that, that current's just going to take – you ain't going to keep it in front of the fish. And like you said, you're going to stay on up the whole time. Yeah, you'll never get it to them. You'll never get it to them. And if that line gets a bow in it, you're going to stay hung up in that brush because you just don't have any feeling. What One thing I've done, you know, even with your, your 16s, your 8s, your, your bigger jig heads, uh, I still, when I go to that heavy weight on that three-quarter, I'll put a 124th on there or a smaller head with a little bit of tag end on it just because it gives it a whole lot better action. If you've got a heavy head on it and it's sitting down there, it makes it look real lethargic. It just kind of doesn't do nothing. But with that current bouncing it around and hitting around and, and you can just jiggle it a little bit, just like you would normally putting it in a brush pile, just kind of jiggling it, that lighter head, it has just enough action that it'll flip and flop in that current when it's dipping through there. So do you put the, when you go to that heavier weight you're talking about to get it down there, are you putting that above the jig or are you using that big of a jig head? 
Uh-uh, I'm, I'm using it below the jig, just like a drop shot. Oh, well, okay, I'm just using, like a drop uh, shot, okay, below yeah. the jig. That way I've got that, i got good contact, I can feel it, and that jig, most time I keep it about a foot above it, 10 inches to a foot. That way when I when I get in those tops and those stumps, I can feel uh, the root balls and I can tap it around, but that jig's just right over the top of it. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Well, so, you know, we're approaching February. We know we got more bad weather coming and more rain. And I mean, I don't, I don't think the water's going to clear up too soon, but things are going to start changing here in the, in the next, you know, month or so, as far as what the crop you're doing probably. And I mean, kind of as we, as we move further into the year in the next few weeks, how do you change your what are the crappie going to do? I mean, are, are, are you going to still, will you stay out kind of in the deep water until end of February, March or, or when? Well, you, well, they're, they're, they're trying to move now. I mean, they're trying to move. They're wanting to get in the mouth of these bays here. Weiss, we've got, and, and Neely Henry both, I'm, I'm going to go and talk about Weiss and Neely. We, we've got some, some big tributaries and some big creeks that come into our lake, but we've got a lot of, uh, of of bigger bays, bigger creeks that that you know all up and down that Coosa River, you've got places you can get in these bays. And these fish, what they'll do, that they, they'll start staging out at the mouth of them and waiting for it to get right. And and they'll come through in waves. That's what I tell everybody. I said, you know, I have so many people tell me, oh man, the dogwoods are blooming. It's time to start crappie fishing. Well, you done missed about two and a half, three months of it. Yeah, but it. And we'll have waves coming in. They'll start sitting up in the mouths of these bays, and you can tell each week. And as the weather, you know, starts getting a little better, a little warmer, they'll start getting further back. If we have a cold snap, they may back back up a little bit and getting that thermocline, that safer water that they, they don't want to be trapped in. But uh, you know, th- these fish will come in through here and and start working their ways towards the secondary points, the backs of these bays and creeks, uh, getting ready to spawn. So we'll have that February, March, you know, a lot of open water fishing. That, that's one of the things, too, with that with those March winds. you got to be out there in that wind sometime. You can't say, well, let's go to the back of this creek in that shallow water where they're not there yet. Not there yet. Yeah, so still staging you, up. You gotta, yeah, yeah, you've you got to kind of get out there and, and just follow these fish. It's it's just like, you know, you, you can watch these. You know, I'm running these hummingbirds, and, and with my hummingbird electronics, one thing about them, I'll, I'll give them this, they don't lie. If you're not seeing those balls of fish and those big schools of fish, keep on moving because those, those hummingbirds aren't going to lie to you. They gonna, are, If they're there, they'll tell you. If they're not, they'll tell you. Are you trying to find these balls, uh, the, the bait balls and the fish in the open water? Are you starting with like side imaging to locate them? I'll run both. And normally we know the creeks that these fish are in and, and you can move. Uh, I'll go ahead and sit down and, and put my set up. Uh, we're doing long line trolling on a lot of this stuff when they start moving back and, and you can find them. And, and when you find them, you could just, we make passes on them. Uh, you know, and a lot of times we have a lot of traffic in some of these, these creeks. So, it's it's like a chess game too, you know. You and I can't stand it. And I shouldn't say this. I probably shouldn't. A lot of people try to do it, but you got to have some sportsmanship about this because these fish will get. And sometimes you may have a, I don't know, probably twenty, thirty, forty acre 
uh, little old bay out there, but the fish are only in about 10% of it. I call it quick turning. You'll see these old boys, they'll, they'll go through there and ride as they get out of the fish. They'll swing her around real fast. You got three boats coming right behind you. It's somebody's got to do something. You know, somebody's got to move. So it, it's one of those things up here. We, we try to, you know, use as much sportsmanship as we can to get on through the fish, get, give you partners and your, your, your other fishermen time to come through it too. And, and just work out a system where everybody's not meeting right there over these fish right right uh, sometimes it may be in a bend of a creek where it gets to th- there's one or two creeks here in particular that for the last 10 years that's the first creek these fish are going to get in and when i say schools of fish it'll black your screen out i mean they, these fish they may be by the thousands in there good lord and, but they're 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 tight. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm, I've got some pictures on my phone that because people would not believe me, and I took pictures of my graph, and I mean, it's unbelievable that the crappie we got on these lakes up here. Good gracious. Well, I, let me ask you this. I know that you like you talking about the long line trolling, and 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 man, you you specialize in that, and obviously are incredible at it. All right, when you see this big school of fish. What's the advantage in trolling instead of just getting over the top of them and, you know, dropping a jig down? Yeah, that, that's a that's another thing. And that sounds good. It does. But if you got 40 other boats in that creek, it, it's going to ruffle some feathers. Yeah. So uh, that's, <laughs> one, that's one of the things. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I said, hey, that Go is Lee, a great way to do Give us a it. turn, yeah. Lee. Get out the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those things. And, and we have some. We we have a lot of traffic here in the spring. You know, Weiss Lake is has always been known as the crappie capital of the world. Yeah. And, and most of our clientele base here and uh, is from your Upper Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois. You know, I, I've I've and I've been lucky on this. I've got a good buddy of mine. Matter of fact, just got a phone with him here about an hour ago. He lives up in uh, Southern Illinois. Got great deer hunting property, mm. and uh, he told me he he come fished about two or three times with me, and he said, "Hey man, why why don't I just come down here and fish with you three or four days, and you just come up there and stay with me and hunt three or four days?" I said, yeah, "You can't beat that." Welcome, welcome to the family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do I send you Christmas gift? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, but but it's uh, in saying that I, I've met and made a lot of good friends. Uh, in, in what I do for a living that is, is just, you know, now it's more or less, uh, with my clientele base, it, it's a lot of, uh, most of mine is, is repeat and it's, it's almost like, uh, um, you know, having family reunions because it's, they'll come stay three or four or five days down here and, and, uh, you know, I'll get ready and here comes the, the next group of guys too. So it's, I've been really, really blessed with, with the people that come and fish with me. Man, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Well, I think anybody that listens to the show will can tell that, that you know, spending a day in the boat with you isn't going to be just uh, about catching fish, but you're going to have a great time and, and build some serious relationships, too. And uh, and that's what it's all about, man. So you, you do a great job at that. Well, well, I appreciate it. And I tell them, I said, Hey, I can't always, you know, 
tell and, and, and determine what the fish are going to do, but I can, we can have a good time. No matter what happens, we can have fun. That's the only thing you can guarantee is we're going to have a good time. We may not keep putting, yeah. that's, that's just like our fishing report. We're going to bring it to you every week, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. And sometimes it's ugly. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. we can't, ain't no one do about that. But That's but, it. That, that's it. That's the uncontrollable, that's and that's part of fishing. That's what I told the boy the other day. I said he called, was wanting to book a trip during that terrible, just our, you know, that that terrible cold snap we had. And I just told him, I said, "Hey, I ain't you, man. I'm not getting out there." I said, "It's going to be three degrees." Yeah, I ain't going. And either we we're going to tear up some equipment, or somebody's going to get hurt. And I said, "It's not worth it to me." And I said, "There's one thing I'll tell you: it ain't always skittles and unicorns. I mean, it's you know." They they some tough times out there, and you got to know when to say no too. Well, hey, hats off to that dude for even wanting to go fishing. Then <laughs> he's, a, oh, he's a tougher I, man than me because I ain't even. I, I'm canceling my trip if it's three degrees. <laughs> yeah, that's what I told him. I said, "You don't have to show me how tough you are." He said, "Leave a little cold, don't hurt us. We're from up north." I said, "Hey, I'm gonna go ahead and call it. I'm throwing a towel in. I ain't going. I ain't going. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I ain't leaving the house." That's great. That's great. Hey, Lee, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, man, it's some great, great. It's, we're getting to that time of year that's special. And uh, I mean, I know you catch fish all year round, but we get to a real exciting part of the year for crappie fishing. What's the best way for somebody to contact you and book a trip with you? Best way to get me is just give me a call. My number is 256-390-4145. Call me, get with me. You can text me, shoot me a text, but I'd just rather talk to you. So if you've got time, give me a holler, and, uh, and we'll get you booked up, and we'll get you out there and get you on some fish. That sounds awesome. Y'all reach out to Lee. Uh, y'all ain't going to regret the trip you booked with him, I guarantee you. So Lee, thank you, buddy. I appreciate you jumping on. Look forward to talking to you again soon, my friend. All right, my man. Y'all be good. Stay warm. All right. Take care. End of another great segment. Well, let's take a couple more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. AFCO, family-owned and operated. AFCO Fishing Apparel and Tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather it any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20-plus year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com, that's A-F-T-C-O.com for on-the-water performance gear. Also brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services. And now they have a pro level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Man, I always love having Lee Pitts on here. That dude can catch some crappie, and he's just so entertaining and informational and always love having Lee on. So y'all reach out, give Lee a call, book a trip with him. And uh, you, like I said earlier, you won't regret it. But, hey, segment three, let's move up to the Tennessee River, and let's talk about some bass fishing. Man, always love having this guy on. You're talking about a guy that knows how to catch fish on Pickwick and the Tennessee River, Mr. David Allen. They don't get no better. David, what's going on, buddy? Oh, man, not much. Just trying to stay warm right now. Hey, it's, it's got cold again, and the wind's blowing, and uh, the, the water's like we've talked about in our first two segments. The, 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 the water's muddy. It's just pretty tough conditions right now. 
uh, you know, we're getting all this random rain. I mean, it's raining about every two to three days, it seems like. And then I think next week we're about to get a whole lot more rain. Like it's yeah. going to rain every day almost. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be a lot of uh, cold, muddy water, which is never anything you want in the winter. But there are still ways to catch them, though. Well, and that's what I, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked our first two guests today. How do you fish differently in these conditions when we get all this current and all this mud? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of times, like with normal winter, you know, the water usually is clear. Um, it's cold. You know, a lot of the fish suspend and, you know, whatnot. So a lot of times we're throwing Alabama rigs, jerk baits, you know, clear water presentation stuff to get these more wintertime lethargic fish to bite. But when it muddies up like this and you still got cold, muddy water, but usually the nice thing about the Tennessee River when it's like that, they've got current going and the water level rises a little bit. So instead of being the normal, you know, 409 winter pool, 408 winter pool, it comes up to about four, you know, like right now it's starting to come up a little bit because they've got the spill gates on. So a lot of what I do is that current will push them fish to the bank to get out of that current to get those eddy pockets. And I'll throw, you know, DT6, like a red crankbait or some sort of crawl pattern crankbait that will stand out in the water. If you find them where they're a little bit more aggressive, you know, throw a big spinner bait, you know, chatter bait, stuff like that, just depending on what I'm actually fishing. But it turns into just covering a lot of water and just trying to find, you know, productive areas where the fish have tried to tuck out of that current so they're not having work so hard to stay in one place, you know. But they're, they're still, I mean, they're just opportunistic feeders. They're not necessarily gorging. They're just, if something comes by them, they'll eat it. But they're not going to chase a lot. Right. It's a lot of moving you're throwing moving baits, but you're more or less just running it right into one of their faces and they eat it. But now there's times that you get on them and they will be on a feed. Um, luckily, the temps next week are going to still be kind of warmer. We don't have many days below freezing, so it's not like normal, like it was a couple weeks back where it was, you know, in the 20s at the highs and stuff where they really get hard to catch. So Yeah, you know, it's really it's really cool, you know, for me to, you know, have different different guys like yourself on from around the state and you know, and are you follow today? You know, he was saying the the same thing that you're saying on the Tennessee River is you know it's two totally different bodies of water. They fish totally different uh, a, a lot of times of the year, but same thing when it gets muddy like this and there's a lot of current, move to the bank uh, and and, yeah. and get off that. You know, the offshore bite is normally what what we might be on right now, but uh, yeah. when it gets like this, man. The fish are trying to get out of the current. They're trying to get up where they can see a little bit better. And uh, and that muddy water, on especially on a sunny day, will warm up a little quicker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, just, and it's just the current dictates everything. You know, if they've got a lot of current, those fish are not going to waste the energy trying to fight it out there in the river because the bait can't. It's going to push the bait on the bank. So, you know, like always, you're follow the food, find the bass. That's right. Follow the food and you'll find the bass. That's right. Well, is so you, you like a, uh, like you say in the DT6, you just something that you can move fast and curve a lot of water, right? Yeah. You know, a DT6, because it just, I mean, it's probably one of the best mid range crankbaits on like, you know, kind of your vertical banks, like your bluffs and stuff that have like a little transition shelf off of them or your pea gravel banks. And it covers a lot of different areas that you can do that. Now, granted, like if I get in some, shallower banks i might you know swap up to like a flat sided crankbait you know like a flat sided square barrel style bait that will deflect a little better than a dt6 and then also a chatterbait a lot of people don't think of it a chatterbait is almost like a crankbait it will deflect if you really do the structure and stuff the right way it that chatter and bill will actually deflect off 
structure too. So there's, you know, it's kind of a one-two punch. I'll throw a crankbait or a chatterbait and just be bounce back and forth through them. Um, and then also like a rattle trap still good. I mean, it's hard to beat a good rattle trap or, you know, rattle trap style bait, you know, just lipless crankbait too. So it's, I'll have at least one of each of those tied in to the arsenal, but it's just, I swap through them because sometimes you, like right now in Pickwick, we've got a lot of grass still in the lake, so there's grass on some of these banks. And you try to throw a lift to crankbait through there, you're just going to bring back nothing but a ball of salad. So you kind of got to throw the chatterbait or the rattle trap to get it through there. Well, you just absolutely answered my next question, or at least part ways for sure. And that's what my question is. How do you decide when you're going down these banks, how do you decide if you're throwing that crankbait or, or if you're throwing more of a chatterbait style bait? And it's just a lot of its depth and what's there. You know, what am I throwing at? And sometimes even it can be the same bank where you're throwing a DT6. They don't want necessarily the crankbait, but you throw the different presentation with a chatterbait, and they want that, or vice versa. You know, the tighter wobble of a rattle trap and the fact that you can slow it down because it sinks anyway. It's just every bank's different. Some fish want a certain way. You know, they'll bite a certain thing another way, and it's just kind of trial and error until you figure out a pattern a lot yeah. of times. And then, like, the vegetation, if the vegetation's the way you're fishing hard bottom structure and, you know, wood and stuff like that, it all dictates which one, one, you can fish officially, too, which one do they buy, you know? That's right. That's right. And that's, that's good stuff, man. It sounds like it, it looks like just looking at the forecast and, I mean, it looks like we're, this is probably kind of the pattern we're going to be on for the next little while, but, you know, hopefully, uh, spring's right around the corner and it's an exciting time for, for fishing for sure. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully things will start changing and, and we'll get back to the, get back to what the fish are normally supposed to be doing this time of year. Oh, well, you know. As long as it doesn't get completely red clay mud, it doesn't scare me too bad. Now, when it gets so bad that you can't even see six inches in the water, then it's like, oh, gosh. But, you know, I've had times where it does this before. It rains a lot like this, and the water comes up, you know, a decent little bit. You actually have a couple, you know, some good days out there, um, especially since it's not going to be brutal cold. I mean, it's going to be cold, but it's not going to be, you know, in the 20s or anything. Right. You know, mainly in the 30s. You're still getting the 50s in the daytime, so it might be one of them things. Don't wake up at daylight. Get out there in the afternoon after it warms up and be an afternoon bite, more than likely. Uh, well, I was just fixing to ask you for a tip of the day, and that sounds like a pretty good one right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it were me, I'm, you know, granted, there are times these fish, they don't care how cold it is, they're on a morning feed. But usually in the in the winter like this, I try not to get out there after it's been warmed up a little while. Let, let everything kind of warm up and get set up, you know. Um, yeah. And I like my sleep too, so why not sleep in and go out there and get on it when it's comfortable outside? You don't have to look like an Eskimo out there. Exactly, it'll be a lot more comfortable, a lot more enjoyable to fish when it's uh, when it's above freezing. That's for sure. No doubt. Good no stuff, doubt. man. Not freezing the guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, hey, I appreciate you, man. If somebody wants to book a trip with you, David, what's the best way for them to contact you? The easiest way to contact me is just hit me up by phone at 270-205-9380. If you like using the computer or the internet, you can hit me up on davidallenfishing.com and email me through there. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook at David Allen Fishing. Good stuff, man. Well, y'all reach out, give David a call if you want to book a trip. And I'm going to tell you, if you're coming up there to the Tennessee River and, and on Pickwick, you know, it's rare that we have other guys that, that talk about, I mean, uh, all these guys get along and everybody, everybody's friends up there for sure. But, uh, but even the other guys talk about how good this guy is, David is, uh, he can catch fish and 
and he'll put you on them and you'll learn an extreme amount booking a trip with him. So don't be, uh, give him a call and, uh, reach out to him and, and, and you won't regret it. I guarantee you, David, thank you, man. Always love having you on here. Great meeting you up there a few, you know, months or so ago, two months ago now, I guess. And, uh, always good to, to finally put a, meet you in person instead of just being a voice on the, on the show with us. So enjoy that too. Yeah, sure. It's a pleasure. Maybe next time we'll get up there, we'll catch a few more of them. Exactly, so, man. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. All right, brother. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. You too. All right. Take care, buddy. End of another great segment. Well, let's take a couple more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy trophy fish than ever before. And if you're interested in building a new pond or lake, give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you. If you're anywhere in the Southeast, schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com. And brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. Also brought to you by Killer Dog. I hadn't even realized how bad it was. I was cleaning fish on rotten wood, and after cleaning just a few fish, I was filthy, and I had a sunburn. I tried wearing a hat, but it just couldn't keep me cool. And how was I supposed to clean fish without getting messy? Killer Dock brings the upgrade that not only will keep me cool and clean, it will make being on my dock enjoyable again. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. What an awesome show today. All three great segments. Uh, I'm not sure it's three of the best days of catching fish segments we've had. I think it's a little tough out there right now. I mean, we got this cold weather and a lot of wind, a lot of rain, a lot of current, a lot of muddy water. That seems to be the uh, common theme around the state. But, uh, hey, it just creates opportunity to fish a different way, right? And uh, people are still catching fish. And uh, one thing we know in Alabama is uh, wait a week and things will change, right? So, anyway. Appreciate all our guys being on today. Be sure and reach out, book a trip with them. All those guys are awesome, and they can all catch fish. But that is going to be a wrap for this week's show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, leave us a review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the show, we'll do it every week. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767, and we'll email it to you 
each and every week. Thanks for listening to guys. We'll catch y'all again next week. Hey, that is going to be a wrap for this week's show. If you're enjoying the podcast, uh, as always, take a minute, subscribe, rate, leave us a review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the show, we'll do it each and every week. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767, and we will email you the show each and every week. That's it for today, guys. Stay safe out there. As always, look forward to seeing y'all again next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by MB Ranch King Hunting Blinds and Feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And by LM Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoons, as well as bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler. Go visit them at 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And by Fish Bites. For over 20 years, Fish Bites has been helping anglers all along the Gulf Coast and around the world put fish in the cooler. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Bites Fight Club lures or visit fishbites.com. Fish Bites, made in the USA. And brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator, bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004. Your source for sea temps, altimetry, currents, and watercolor at hiltonsoffshore.com. And by Mallard Bay Outdoors. MallardBay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, MallardBay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook and they can help you find your dream hunt. And brought to you by... The all-new Alabama Fishing Show is coming to Gaston, Alabama, March the 10th through the 12th. The venue at Coosa Landing on George Wallace Drive. AlabamaFishingShow.com And brought to you by... The Alabama Marine Resources Division reminds all recreational anglers possessing gray triggerfish, greater amberjack, or red snapper that they must report these fish through snapper check before they are landed in Alabama. For more information about Snapper Check, please visit OutdoorsAlabama.com. And brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. You can save and buy online at GreatDaysOutdoors.com.